0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast. I'm your host, Peter, and I am still here. Book two, chapter two. I am joined by Lennon McCartney. (laughs) That's right, Lennon McCartney Nichols, of the brother-brother duo, adored. He and his brother Christian have been putting together music since they were teenagers uh, in the punk scene. Slowly but surely making their way towards what you hear behind my voice right now. Strains of 80s inflected, Cure influenced, Tears for Fears influenced, post-punk. Their EP, Songs for Film, calls together uh, two years worth of work on their part working through 70 songs to boil it down to just five. The five most cohesive, strongest, most well-written songs in their arsenal. And I can tell you with a great amount of certainty that it is absolutely flawless, expertly wrought, and just beautiful to behold. Lennon is the bassist in the duo and He brings to the table songwriting. He brings ideas, film work. This is an entire package, this group. Two brothers. Making music together. Devoid of outside influence. Taking their bond to a level. Most brothers never get to. So with that being said, I give to you adored Lennon Nichols book of very very bad things podcast
1: for sure I'm a uh, Lennon and we can totally have this conversation <laughs>
0: excellent um I have to tell you right off the bat after having uh taken in your music for you know a better part of a month now uh with the exception of course of uh the most recent which is kind of a conglomeration of everything you guys, uh, I had expected you to be closer to my age, but it seems like you're a younger individual. You're in your 20s, I'm guessing?
1: Yeah, I'm 25 and Christian is 28.
0: I see. Okay. Um, wow, I could be your dad. It, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's really impressive uh, how authentically uh, 80s dark wave slash new wave It sounds and uh what's more impressive is how cohesive it is with uh the visual element that you guys have brought to this whole thing it's 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 really a, a whole package that you don't see an awful lot of uh in this day and age especially so uh you should be pretty proud of yourselves that is that's like huge to hear honestly um i think that's
1: definitely like what we wanted from the whole project, but, yeah, just to have you say that it's like cohesive, especially with the visual elements, that was like a huge part of this whole project from the very beginning of it. So yeah, that's that's cool. That's very exciting
0: <laughs> how how long did that take uh, from inception to execution for you guys?
1: man, we we had started kind of we we came from like a punk background and had been in a couple of projects that we word in for a while but in like 2018 I think that we had started noticing like a pretty large shift between me and Christian just in the way that like we didn't feel happy doing what we were doing it didn't like really fulfill us and so in like 2018 um, everything just kind of shifted we started laying like heavier into these new wave um, bands and like 80s bands and kind of made the decision like you know this is what feels like we're we're both being pulled to so heavily and so after we kind of like talked to each other and came to that um, we we just decided that like this is what we're gonna do and kind of from day one it had just been this thing of like we need to reinvent what we have done and we need to um, just do it big as as big as we possibly can, and make this like a huge, well-rounded art project.
0: Yeah, and what kind of? Um, I come from the hardcore punk scene as well. Okay. Um, from the '80s, the late okay. '80s, but still the '80s. But what kind of punk were you into before? This? Um, like
1: me and Christian, like got really into Blink. We're like Blink mm-hmm. fanboys, you know, to the core. But um, it just definitely had kind of like even evolved and um just just kind of anything like uh, fucking rancid or no fx and and shit like that um it's just kind of all over the place but definitely like um especially in our older projects like we leaned so heavily on like the self-titled blink era um yeah. maybe a little too much at times but like that was where just the whole wanting to do music kind of came from initially it was just being like four and five and being like Blink rips. Let's make music.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, on that specific Blink One Eighty Two record, um, they were leaning heavily on bands like Failure. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a, a lot of the new wave inspired bands uh, of you know my theirs and my generation. You yeah know, fa- failure in the early 90s was a very very big they were like a new wave revival slash come post-hardcore band and um it, it kind of makes sense i guess that that's a, a touchstone for you guys but was there uh you know mom or dad at home listening to the cure or uh y- you know echoing the for sure then? okay yeah
1: like uh so my dad has done radio um since he was like 13 and me and christian just grew up like in and out of radio stations that he worked at and then he also like recorded bands in his off time so we had like we have just been around music in general but like totally like my parents are definitely into all of that shit um and they definitely like their musical taste have like given so much information of for me and christian both but like definitely into like the cure depeche mode uh tears for fears all of that shit though and that's yeah. kind of like starting a door that was like our holy trinity at the beginning was the pesh mode the cure and tears for fears
0: that's one of my holy trinities too i named cool. my daughter <laughs> i named my daughter after a cure song Oh so. okay fuck yeah dude <laughs> yeah there's a. what i I wanted to ask initially was uh what are your duties in the in the group versus your brothers what is it that you do exactly within the confines of the group
1: so uh i mostly just play bass do some backing vocal um and then christian does most of the lead vocal and guitar but um through this whole process and even like in the live show that we're working on right now it's like kind of a round robin like we help each other with all the duties like Christian will write some base parts. I'll do some like leads and stuff. We're just kind of touching everything, but I will say that he takes on like a majority of the synth. He's just like, I can hum some shit to him, but that's like about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's believe it or not equally as important uh, because, you know, it it seems to me that this is one of those projects where it's a definite partnership, 50, 50 kind of thing. And, and the fact that you guys were storyboarding, video along with you know taking care of the uh the music end of the spectrum yeah Uh, i i can't even think of anyone right now who who is that in depth with uh you know their oeuvre what they're trying to achieve uh, as a whole that's um that's admirable what who were some of your influences with the video
1: um just like i don't know there's there's so many points of reference through the whole project um, I, I for one am just like super picky with visual stuff and have been for a long time so it was like the Pesh Mode is a huge influence on like the videos that they have um, I'm trying to thank like Tears for Fears of course like um, great stuff the Cure that like the Holy Trinity we take you know the Holy Trinity we take a lot from mm. um, but just like even bands like the Blue Nile uh, musically yeah. and visually are like they're huge, 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 huge to us. Um, and it's just like certain pieces of those things that we'd like really held on to. And then even outside of music, a ton of the visual aspect and like thought process of this like process of all of this came strictly from just like 80s film in general. Like John Hughes films are like huge and just like the visuals and like the feelings that they take out of you, and just, like, I, I, trying to do that, um, just, I don't know, that authentic, like, visual feeling, um, just all of that stuff is what we were
0: from. Yeah, because those John Hughes films, I mean, even the ones he didn't, he'd written and not directed, that was, like, uh, that was it for my era, you know, when yeah. growing, up, growing up in the 80s and early 90s, that was, uh, he was it. He kind of, in, like... Encapsulated this the zeitgeist of what it was to be a preteen and teenager in that era. Uh, he just put a nice sheen on it because it wasn't quite as uh, people weren't quite as pretty as that, Mm -hmm, for sure. But he stylized it in a way that made it uh relatable, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so I think that's important, but uh, there's something dreamlike about your visuals that i don't see coming from like a somebody like a john hughes to me it's almost like something david fincher would do with with all just how psychedelic almost it looks like mm-hmm. a jesus a Jesus and mary chain video a lot of it this episode of the book of very very bad things podcast is brought to you by sweet cheetah publicity sweet cheetah pr is an inclusive socially conscious pr collective based in dayton ohio serving the likes of brainiac And the Raging Nathans and a million other amazing, amazing artists that you have heard of, enjoy, and cannot live without. From Jawbox to Pilot to Gunner, they are all served incredibly well by the one and only Tim Anderle, founder of Sweet Cheetah PR. You can find them at www.facebook.com slash sweet PR on Instagram under sweet cheetah PR or driving around somewhere in Dayton, listening to Catholic school on cassette. He's been Tim. I've been Peter and sweet cheetah has been beautiful.
1: Damn, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Like, yeah, that was like a huge, um, just like the visuals were huge and we definitely strive to like kind of put, make it our own. We, we're we not trying to like rip shit from other people. That's like huge to us too. We want to do things like authentic, authentically and genuinely and really kind of put our own mark on it. And like, I think a lot of that stuff that comes through is like uniquely adored really comes from like, this is a super diy endeavor like we have no financial backing and are literally just like both working full-time like warehouse jobs and just like picking up cameras from like goodwills and stuff and like buying prisms from hobby lobby and using those in front of cameras to just give it some like texture visually like And I think that, like, honestly, kind of not having the ability to just go balls to the wall and have, like, some huge budget and have other people kind of pointing you in directions, like, the absence of all of those things really contributed to the uniqueness um, and cohesiveness of, like, this whole Songs for Film project.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at first, I I had played this for my wife, who is a bit younger than me, not that much younger, but... Uh, a little bit. And she's like, it does sound like the soundtrack to something. I said, well, you know, they do have a, a video for like every song on this. <laughs> and she's a filmmaker. So that was very impressive to her as well. Oh, shit. But, wow. Uh, the um, first thing I usually ask every artist that comes on this show, uh, it's going to be a lot different coming from someone of your era than most of the people I deal with. So it's going to be interesting to me. First thing I always ask is, what is it that terrifies you on an existential level?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I I knew this one was coming and uh, had definitely done a lot of thought on it. And like part of me wants to give the kind of typical artist answer of like failure. But I think like really even further than that is just straight up like death. Um, just yeah. like, it, like meeting your demise from some random ass reason before you even get a chance to take on what you want to or like have the chances that you're trying to give yourself um or just like thinking that that thing you're striving for is just like never gonna never gonna come um rather than just being focused on like oh fuck like oh damn this isn't gonna happen and i'm gonna have to like find a new way to do it or like you know um yeah it's just straight up just like not being able to exist anymore that's like plagued mine and christian's minds for like ever
0: (laughs) yeah i think i think that pretty much bothers everyone to a degree yeah um some a lot more than others and the people that aren't terrified of that are the ones you should probably be worried about to be honest with you that's a a sociopath but (laughs) um i guess since you don't really write the lyrics uh I couldn't really ask you to uh, delve too deeply into the uh, themes, could I then?
1: Uh, I mean, you you definitely can like I I talked to Christian a lot too, like throughout this process and even just like recently with releasing it is like the last thing I want to do is m- misrepresent like his words. But like it is a very 50 50 um, hands on saying like everything is discussed heavily so I can do a bit. And then as far as the last song on the record that like lyrically was me and I can probably give like more context to that one than any of the other ones.
0: Let's start with that then. Okay.
1: Um, So, like, Songs for Film has been a, like, a thought-out thing since, like, the inception of Adored. And it, like, the title is very just it about the project. And Untitled, um, Title Wave and Untitled specifically, like the rest of the project, yes, but those last two songs specifically are ideas that came strictly from we are scoring these, this, this movie, this scene that we've come up with in our head. How do we put like the, the words, what is the script to this scene? And then building the song completely off of that. Um, And Untitled is really just, it was kind of the first song that I personally even like went for, um, like knowing that Adored was a thing. And Coming from a punk background, uh, I wanted to show people that we can still be authentically us and like where we came from, but put this spin on it. So the whole thing was like, how do I write a song that sounds like Mark Hoppus and Cindy Lopper did a song together? Um, and I tried to do that to the best of my ability. Like they're both legends, and I don't come close. but like I, that was the whole thought process musically. And then, uh, just like the John Hughes films and a couple of other movies, just the feelings that they had given me, um, just like the hopefulness and the the excitement of just like love and all of those like very simple things um, were just like imprinted on. me. Like Mannequin was a movie that just like scenes played in my head um, forever. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, some of the feelings that just like the visuals in that movie had given me, I just wanted to write from that perspective.
0: That, that's probably why I'd gotten the impression that you were a bit older, the both of you, because <laughs> it just, it did. It felt very authentic to a time in my life where, you know, probably somewhere between the ages of 11 and 14, where I was falling in love with bands like The Cure, Echo and the Bunny Man, Tears for Fear, stuff like that. Like the, and I love that. It, yeah. Thankfully for me, that stuff was happening for me at that time. And also, just the name of the band. I was like, they got to be Stone Roses fans if they're calling themselves adored. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Directly, directly from that.
0: I, uh, Stone Roses were a big one for me. When they first uh, kind of leaked through into the States, it was through college radio. So, oh, God. I'd be out my bedroom window, like trying to get a, You know, coat hangers and stuff to help me pick up the local college radio station so I can get these radio shows playing everything from like Life of Agony and a lot of the crazier hardcore stuff that was happening at that time to, you know, a lot of this post-punk stuff to the weird metal stuff that was happening at that point, too. It was just a very fertile time period for music, but the stuff that even though I still play in a hardcore band and that's still in me. Oh, the yeah, stuff dude. that the stuff that really stuck with me though is the the the, the post punk and the dark wave slash gothy stuff that occurred then. That's the, what I still equate with my youth more than anything else, for sure. And uh, I feel like you guys nailed it. I really do.
1: That and like I'm, that's I'm a pleasure exci- to hear,
0: dude. <laughs> I'm excited to see what you do uh, for a full length album uh, because. If you can get five songs and anchor them all together that succinctly, I can only imagine you'll be able to do it with a record, a full-length uh, record.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's something that we're, you know, are it has been in talks for a long time. Um, but it's it's really cool to have you say those things and um, you know, like that was really the whole intention behind this is to like give either people, you know, that are older than us that nostalgia for a time that they lived through and it feel authentic to them. And also to give like, you know, people of mine and Christian's age, just the opportunity to kind of like have a glimpse of that feeling of that time um, in a place that's kind of detached from that. Um, but with you know like a modern spin to give it that like new touch and that comfortability you know to it but i think a lot of the things that also help with just kind of uh, really getting close to that vibe and that sound and that feeling is just like like i said my dad involved in radio huge like 80s nostalgia nerd loves like 80s films and like growing up. I mean, that's all I have been, you know, filled with. It's just like 80s music and 80s movies, um, like every night of my life growing up. And uh, I really do think that him just doing that and talking about it um, and giving like perspective on that has like influenced a lot of like some of that, that feeling into what we've done.
0: But yeah, there's a fertile, a fertile landscape for this right now too, because a lot of the, underground bands that are really gaining traction are the bands like soft kill. Yeah. Yeah. Lesser care. And, and a lot of these people that have been on the show that I've, I've really, you know, been trying to champion because I do think that they're worthwhile. For sure. you, You, you guys definitely fit right in that pocket nicely, but it's what you're doing as opposed to them. Sounds a bit more authentic to the time period. Damn. Thank you. And is it, is it in the equipment you're using? I mean, what are, uh...
1: man? I mean, not, not really. I think um, we, I mean, it helps with like, cause our dad, like I said, he's been recording music and stuff forever and he just has like a really good ear. Um, And we like me and Christian, it's like we function with the same brain. And when we like have these conversations of like sounds that we're trying to hit, my dad is so good like pinpointing those sounds because he like helped engineer this yeah. um and so um it's literally just like referencing like all three of us just throwing around these references like a lot of the shit that we did was like i mean fairly modern equipment as far as like my stuff went um and then i think christian had some like older like uh like chorus amps and stuff but everything is like i'm I'm so bad when it comes to like naming gear off the top of my head I'm like so not for the gear nerds so I'm sorry but uh but like everything is like fairly new um we just like like i said we don't have like a shit ton of like stuff to our advantage and all of the recording took place through the pandemic um yeah well not all of it most of it um took through like me and christian had to do most of it just from our little home studio but yeah there's like no we don't we're not like pulling shit out you know some like dope ass gear from like the 70s and 80s and stuff well that's well that
0: that gets expensive let's face it <laughs> yeah I mean, for yeah, sure just like coming across these old Roland's and and whatnot you're gonna and and Moogs you're gonna pay
1: <laughs> you yeah know?
0: yeah for sure for sure and you kind of don't have to anymore either because there are so many emulators on the computer uh in GarageBand yeah. alone you could pull off you could pull off a good amount of those sounds but it's kind of cool. Like everybody's, it's a multi family, multi-generational kind of project almost. My my dad was a musician and I, when he was still with us, I couldn't picture my father playing drums on any of my records. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a pretty unique advantage. Um, yeah. For as much as my dad was into great stuff and turned me on to a lot of things. Uh, he wasn't into Black Flag, I'll put it to you that yeah, way. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I think the first band that I introduced him to that he liked was probably in like 88 when the Chili Peppers Uplift Mofo Party Plan came out and they were still funky.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: That resonated with him because he was a big Parliament Funkadelic fan okay, hell yeah. and the like, but... You, you know, the, it, it's kind of hard for people to inhabit the same headspace as their parents but i think there's something i'm guessing your father is probably close to me in age i I think there's something about people in my generation with their kids that we're we're still attached to our youths in a in a Mm -hmm. big way be it positive or negative however you want to look at it for Um, sure the fact that a, a father could you know mind these sounds with with his children and and do it successfully is very big <laughs> you know yeah
1: no it's huge and it's like a very cool experience um to just kind of all folk like able to work on that like in such a in-depth way together um and just we all get it I don't know what it is um I mean we're very tight in it but yeah it, it is weird how um it it we just have the same brain sometimes and um we're all able to kind of just like fix and the pieces that are needed that somebody else is trying to like hear or that they're looking for so it's just really
0: cool man i, I was half expecting you to be english too to be honest oh, dude <laughs>
1: huge compliment that, seriously that's so big
0: i uh, will i was, i was not sure uh if if i had it right or not but um your brother's vocals are very reminiscent of British vocals and he's singing about English girls and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) uh, yeah, it might be Then maybe (laughs) I'm right. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see in a couple hours, but Uh, we are Texas, Texas, Texas. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, we've lived, uh, we, we haven't lived there in a, in a while, but yeah, we're Texas born. And then we've been in Kansas for the last, uh, I don't know, like 14, 15 years, something like that.
0: Kansas.
1: Yeah. We're really in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's not a whole lot going on.
0: <laughs> see, uh, that's I, I I, could see how that could be a strength, though, because if there's not a whole lot going on, you could just focus on music and not it's, worry about anything else. I,
1: it's a blessing and a curse, like, for sure. I know that's, like, super cliche, um, but, like, it really is. Um, I think... For us, like the fact that I mean, it sucks because like there are is like faint music scenes because um, I'm in Kansas City and he's in Wichita, mm. and we're like going back and forth and stuff. But like it, the music scenes are happening, but they're just like very small and just different. I don't know. It just like functions in a different way than it would on like the East Coast or West Coast. Um, they're not like as solid um, and. It is just very hard um, for, like, outreach and connection because, like, I mean, like, a lot of bands, like, a handful of bands do pass through here. It's not like we're just completely void of any music, but, I mean, it's still, I mean, a lot of people choose to, like, fly over. Um, So in the same breath, it's, like, cool because we can get out and give something to people that they don't always get um, that's not, like, the most incredibly common thing ever, but it also is kind of hard to just, like, make a like name for yourself and gain like a huge following which i'm not complaining in any way shape or form like it's going to be hard no matter where you're at but it definitely it gets a little lonely sometimes around here you know
0: (laughs) sure sure i mean i'm from a semi-rural part of pennsylvania but we always did have uh a few different scenes it was specifically hardcore scenes yeah but there were there were pockets of, of goth kids and 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 metal kids and stuff like and but we always ended up at the same shows yeah because that, that that's how the 80s and early 90s were if if you were weird in any way shape or form mm-hmm. you gravitated towards the guys with the skateboards because they knew where the, the punk shows were so if the punks For were sure. gonna play they'll probably let the goth kids play and it, it was it was cool like that at that point time and place and it changed drastically in the 90s but I think in this day and age genre isn't really a a worry anymore yeah. Yeah. Like a codified genre. Like you don't really need to hang your hat on that anymore. I don't think. Yeah,
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, you know, like I don't know too much about it back then, obviously. Um, But like, yeah, I don't think that that's like as big of like a hang up or like something that is hard to like put yourself in a small group, you know, for like a scene to thrive on or anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Because there, I think there was a, a, a point in time uh probably about 18 20 years ago where you you one didn't really have anything to do with the other uh just basically predicated on the, the bigotries within subcultures which didn't really make sense to me because I would a hard I'd be playing hardcore shows with the Smith's t-shirt on or <laughs> a cure t-shirt on it it didn't really they didn't clash to me. Yeah. But you know it's one of those cyclical things for sure. And it, it seems like the more people I interview uh, who are more of this era, like yourself, they just don't care about that shit. It doesn't yeah. even, it doesn't even make sense to most of you, which I think is great because it, it, you're, you didn't miss anything in that regard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um Yeah. I totally get that. I think, yeah, it's just like, it's kind of weird how that whole thing is um, changing, especially just like talking um, to like people that like really um, were going out to shit in the eighties and stuff. And just like from our experience, like playing shows with like 10 bands on the bill from like, everybody plays a different thing, um, which I mean, that's also not my favorite thing to do, but like it just happens and people come out and that's cool. Um, and it doesn't always have to be like so far apart. Um for like, you know, a scene to thrive and have to be anything drastic, but like, yeah, there's definitely like, especially around here where there's not like a whole lot of stuff. I mean, like you get like hardcore bands and punk bands, and like new wave bands and like pop bands kind of playing all the same gigs and shit. Um,
0: so it's cool. I mean, um,
1: yeah, it's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of don't have a choice, right? Uh, yeah. There's only a, a few clubs. I'm sure. Uh, I My memories of, Kansas City are very vague because I mm-hmm. haven't been there in so long. But I mean, the bands that were f- kind of from that area were always vastly dissimilar from one another. Like I think the Get Up Kids were from out that way, and so yeah, Co- yeah, Co- coalesce was from there, mm-hmm. and they were best friends. And one was like a brutal grindcore kind of like math metal thing, mm-hmm. and one, one is. They were like the indie darlings of the mid 90s, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. And yeah. That, that kind of made sense for that time period, but, it, you know, it, I guess it makes sense for that era, that area, rather, because everybody's kind of spread out. For sure.
1: And, and like, I'm, I'm fairly new to Kansas City. Like, I've only been here for like a little over a year now um, and haven't like got to really, like shake hands with a a whole lot of people, mostly where me and Christian have like built ourselves up was in the Wichita scene, which is definitely different from this. Um, And like when we started out in our past projects, like the DIY punk scene was like pretty booming for a while. And then it just kind of like died out and people would like moved on. I mean, it like still, it still goes, people still do stuff, but it just not with the ferocity that it used to have. It used to be insane and it was great, Um, but, There's like, and like I said, I don't know a whole lot, but there's definitely a handful of bands doing like the same kind of like 80s, new wave, dream pop, um, like post-punk stuff, but it is very like a a small handful of bands, you know? Um, But I, I mean, it's growing here for sure, but it's definitely like so much bigger around the West Coast and East Coast. It's like, I mean, obviously always has been, always will be like the hub.
0: You know what, though? Texas does have, like, a, a crop of really interesting bands oh, happening dude, in, in, sure. that, in that microcosm as well. I think Lesser Care is probably the best example of that, um, but, you know, it, it, it feels like the right time for you guys, and yeah. I, I don't know if you've had any interest yet. Um, I'm sure you're going to. <laughs> I'm quite yeah. sure of that.
1: Uh, yeah, um, me and Christian are like huge road dogs. Um, if I could live on the road, um, I would do it in a heartbeat. And we, we we did like a lot of touring in our past projects, but um, just like the rest of this project, like, you know, a lot of this was done through the pandemic and it is like a very thought out thing from top to bottom. And it's one of those things where we want to make the live show um, just as good or like give you those same feelings. Like we really want to bring the world to the people. And so that's something that we're like working on and we're we're close, you know, we're, like we're not gonna let um, time pass it up, you know, like we're gonna hit the road as soon as we can. But it's just one of those things where like, as much as the music and like the the, the album and the videos, like the show has to be the same and it has to come as hard as what you've heard and what you've seen.
0: Are you gonna try and bring those sort of visuals to the live show?
1: Um, we are doing some stuff, um, but for uh, the visuals are super important and um, give these songs so much context that like they're not going to be absent. Um, we will make sure that there are things that make you feel familiar and make you feel like you are in the world of Adored. No, oh, wow,
0: that's they're My and it's terrible for me to bring them up now because a lot of bad, bad shit just happened with them. But my whole life, almost completely, uh, my favorite band was Neurosis. Mm-hmm. Some bad, some bad shit happened with them. With one of them. Okay, so, damn. They're, they're like not. They're not. <laughs> lo- they're not a loved thing right now. But the way they sure. do things was not only did they have the band element but they had a visual element they would have three screens behind them playing different videos that would yes were psychedelic in 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 uh content and and gave you uh, an almost sense of uh chaos and confusion which is what their, sure. mu- their music is uh you know and that it used to be such a barrage of the senses that i could almost kind of see you guys doing like maybe not something that chaotic but those visuals behind you as you're playing i I can see something like that working definitely we we
1: we definitely want to like yeah bring those things to it but you know um like me and christian spend a lot of time just like delving into bands and live shows and live performances and we've been to a ton of concerts and stuff and um Another thing for us is just like, we want to keep it unique through and through and want to put our own spin on things. And, you know, we have limited resources. So I do want to like not overhype and be like, dude, we're going to have like a giant jumbotron behind us, you know, playing shit and like holograms, but um, obviously, but it's definitely going to be something that is going to be a little bit, you know, just different, try to make it our own space, but like make it super authentic. And like, really we are just focused on creating uh just like a world like i know i i keep going back to that but it really is we just want to create a space and time where like everybody is on the same page having the same experience and just like very
0: involved well, uh have you guys tried to play yet under this um, banner
1: uh we haven't done shows together um in the very like very very early stages of this like before we even like were adored it was still between our old band and the new band we played one show um but that was a handful of years ago but me and christian have been definitely like tightening shit up um we've played together and then like now we live in different towns so it's just like practicing on our own trying to get rehearsals and stuff together when we can um but we we haven't done any shows yet it's definitely like we want to plan something out um and get to to cool places doing it
0: i I really hope that happens because something like this in the live setting, it could be tremendous. Um, is there any band out there right now that you would feel comfortable playing with? Um, right now, like I don't want to I don't know.
1: i I would feel comfortable playing with a lot of bands. Um, it's really just a matter of getting out there and doing it. Um, and just kind of like building it up. It's especially since like, um, I like in our old bands, I was a drummer. I played drums. I've had to teach myself how to play bass over the past like three years. And I don't know what it's like to fucking stand on a stage and play bass. Like I'm already comfortable, but just like having that environment and doing those things, um, is different. Um, but dude, I would play, with so many bands there's like a a whole bunch of bands I want to play with. I wish I had a list, but like, (laughs) um, don't get lemon out of Austin. They're they're sick. Um, yeah. Love those dudes. Love their music. That would be sick. Um, I'm not like going to shoot for the stars and be like, yo, let me open up for drive majesty or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not doing that, but like literally just, we're going to get in where we can, when we can. And just like, like I said, we're road dogs, like to the core through and through, um, and we're just gonna like, we we'll, we will definitely make a place for ourselves to like open up and play with people who want to have us out with them. Um, that's just, I think that's the the intent right now. It's not making it big calls, but just be like, yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to make it happen.
0: You know, did you, you already sold out of the physical element of this album too, have you not?
1: We sold out of our portion of tapes. I think there is a handful left on the chaotic no good website. I'm not sure what the number is, but I know they've been selling. Today was a great day. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. So like that how how long ago did the physical record actually come out like that just today? Uh it was the the 31st, so 2 days oh, ago. Two so within 2 days you guys sold out of everything you had. Yep,
1: yep. Everything wow. that we have in our stash we sold out. It was it's really cool. Um mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Um, And that's just like very, like people seem super hyped about it and have had great things to say. And it's just very reassuring that, you know, um, people feel like we have done something authentic to a time that they lived in. And people are like, this new shit is cool. And we want to like hear more. Um, It's just very like fulfilling and good, especially because like, where we come from before this was, like, a place that, like, the scenes that we were in, it was kind of not cool to really give a shit about what you did. Like, it's cool that you make music, but, like, if you want to do, like, cool live visuals or, like, really put time and effort into thing, like, you're kind of just doing too much, dude. Like, you need to lay off, like, you know? And that was, like, something that killed me and Christian. It felt like we lived, like, I don't know, just in a weird place because, like, since we were like kids kids like this has been it for us this is all we wanted to do um and we care about it and have always cared about it and i think at that time we were just like young and kind of trying to play by the book quote unquote of what this kind of scene was dictating and this this whole project was us just you know saying fuck that and really doing what we wanted to do by our own terms and like reinventing the way that we thought about everything. And we wanted to just show how people like show people how much we cared about what we were doing and how much like love we have for it through and through. And it is just really cool to be able to release this and have people be like, dude, like we can see what you guys have done and it's authentic and it's good and it's genuine and it's, it's new and it's, it's just really good stuff to hear.
0: It's, it's kind of, it's kind of uh jarring for me to hear that you guys played in a scene where people frowned upon trying hard to hone uh uh, your craft and to be to give a shit about it that's i i i runs counter to everything i've ever believed about music on the whole even as coming coming from like that like gnarly hardcore punk thing we also sure. gave a shit about what we were doing and, and yeah. how it was being received. I mean, that was the and, point.
1: And I think that like a lot of it, like we are young, but that was an even younger point in our lives. And that scene was kind of dictated by, you know, our more local communities. I mean, we got out and we played all over the country, but like those things of just like kind of how you got up in that scene. And like, you know, more people want to fuck with you. It just like people, it, at a certain point, you were just trying too much. Like, you know, you had to be lax and cool about it and kind of be very like, oh, no, we just do it. And it's, I, I don't know, it's very weird. And it really fucked with me and Christian a lot. And I, for a while, because it is, it's something that we take super fucking seriously. Like, this is it for us. And playing in that scene was like some of the most depressing shit that I've ever done to just like feel so held back Um, And feeling like there is no way out to really express um, ourselves in the way that we want to. And I think literally just like giving that up and being like, we're going to reinvent everything, go into the music that we've always wanted to make and do it by our terms and the way that we've wanted to do it. um, It just really changed everything for us. And it's nice to have the reception of people being like, damn. You guys, like, did something that is, like, a well-rounded project. Like, it's it's just great to hear. And honestly, like, makes me so fucking happy that we did it the way that we did. And it was, like, a long road. And there was, like, struggle to get here. Um, and times where I didn't think that we were going to be able to put this thing out. And we just, we stuck with it no matter what the fuck came our way. And uh, yeah. cool. Like, I know we're still low man on the totem pole. And we're nothing, like, huge at all, but to just be able to do this as hard as we can and for anybody to fucking enjoy it and get it and see it how we, you know, saw it and wanted it to come off is just the coolest thing in the world.
0: What was the name of your old uh, punk
1: band? Uh, It was called Boys Home. Um, Mm. We were in, like, when we were young, young, we were in this band called The Cold Trip Nowhere. Please, nobody look into that. Um, (laughs) But, like... um, it was like super, we were like Neighborhoods era blink. We just wanted to be them so bad. Um, and it was cool, like super formative. And I still like love that point in time. But the the project that we really were like, fuck it, we're going to get in the van and just fucking play shows was uh, Boys Home. Um, and we did two records. We did one EP and then one full length um and did that for a handful of years and tried to like do that really hard and it was cool though like i still love that stuff it's very green and Mm -hmm. definitely more of like a like the first ep i think we wrote it and recorded it within like a week um and then the full length we we took some time on for sure and it was like very midwest email influenced and um it was cool it was fun but uh, it just, and I think you, if you do ever listen to it, um, uh, or if you've heard it in the past, it 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 just kind of comes through as like, yeah, they really cared, and it's cool or whatever. But it's just like it's just not what we wanted to do. I mean, at the time, yes, but like, I think you can just tell the maturity and how much we like care about this. It's so authentically us. Um, the difference is huge, and I love this thing that we've done with. Every part of me.
0: It, it's it's interesting too, because a lot of people who are doing stuff that's akin to this, like I said, they don't really sound like you guys, but akin to it just in, 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 in form, they all come from punk rock backgrounds. For sure. Yeah. And for a, a good long while there, people from my era of my scene, our scene really, they went from being in, in punk and hardcore bands to being in like Americana, like (laughs) almost country bands. And, and that's cool. And I liked some of it. I liked more than some of it to be, to be fair. But this transition is the one I'm most excited about because it, it is kind of so left field, you know, like Mm -hmm. coming from like this intensity and, and then going that route. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's it doesn't seem like there's a step in between. It's there, but it's it, it's hard to find for some people. That for I think sure. that makes this as cool as it is too, ju- as a scene because no one cares anymore. It's it's not like you have to do this kind of band and then you got to move into this kind of band. For sure, out the window, absolutely yeah. out the window. Yeah. So let's say you know you, you guys get approached tomorrow by a, a bigger label um do you still do it the way you guys are doing it just the two of you or do you hire a band how would, how would you approach that i think the i think me and christian both like
1: i think that's the only way it works um mm-hmm. is that me and him control everything i've and i i that's the only way that I would want it like I'm all about if people want to like help us out and like push it um but like when it comes down to it the the vision that me and him have for this is like the only vision um uh, and like we we have people that we want to like collaborate and work with like artists and and photographers all that kind of shit for sure we want uh, a a good you know, group of people to kind of like be this team that we work with, um, of course, but like um, labels and stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool. But ultimately it has to be me and Christian. It has to be our vision. We have to have full control. Um, And I think that that's the way that it will always be. Well, I I like know that that's the way it'll always be for sure. Um, Right. We, we just care like this is it, you know, for us, this is everything to us and, I would not want anybody's hands in that, but ours.
0: So percussion wise, you came from being a drummer to being a bass player. The percussion you guys are using now, that's that's all electronic at this point then?
1: Uh, on this record, yeah. Um, we were using some, some drum machines um, and that's stuff that both me and Christian have worked on. But um, yeah, I've kind of like let go of that. Um, just like physically playing drums for this record um not saying that they will not make a return live drums are definitely something that we could possibly be incorporating into the future um you know versions of what adored has um but on this record it's not it's all electronic drums
0: wow oh, that so i could tell on at some points but sometimes it didn't sound like you know an overdriven like you know 808 or something like that it cool some of it sounded real to be quite honest with you well cool so yeah
1: i think that's that's something that we like definitely had in mind is like but at the same time i want it to be like authentically 80s and be like that's a fucking drum machine you know um, Yeah. like i wanted to feel natural and not like stick out like a sore thumb or anything like that but uh yeah i think that was just you know one of the things was like for this thing that we're doing right now this like this ep um it just felt right to kind of lean into that very authentic, like electric, uh, drum machine shit.
0: Now, some of these songs from the EP were online before the EP itself. Yes. Or like, like back to almost 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we released, uh, the first single adored in 2020.
0: Yeah. That's what I'd thought. And you know, they, they are not from the same, uh, recording, uh, Time are they? Uh,
1: like we everything was formed kind of in that time, but yeah, like we did Adored pretty early on, and then we finished up Midnight Sanctuary, Tidal Wave, um, Space Club, and Untitled kind of closer together. Um, but like Adored and Midnight were kind of like strung out a little further than the last three
0: yeah you could tell like and it's not that you, they sound like they're from a different time period recording mm-hmm. wise they don't but they did like they were starting to leak out bit by bit and then the whole cohesive project happened do you think that, is that how you're going to like approach the next thing or are you just going to kind of let it all rip at once
1: uh i think that's like definitely to be determined um we we definitely have like plans for stuff coming up. Like for, for this EP alone, I think we had 70 songs that we narrowed down to like five. I mean, not all of them are like, of course, fully formulated songs, but this was like years of writing and stuff. And I think just the way that we released this is like, we, we had this idea of songs for film. We had these five songs that we had narrowed down and we were like, this is the cohesive bunch. These are the songs that make sense. Um, but it was just like, um, we're going to release them, you know, just like when we can get this fully formulated thing and we treat it like every song is a single, you know, and we gave it its own moment in time, um, until we could just like get the whole fully packaged thing and throw it out there with the last kind of puzzle piece, um, being untitled. Um, but I, I really don't know like how next release will kind of go it's definitely one of those things that's like it's gonna be another thing that we really have to like think about and not anything that we're just gonna be like oh it's gonna you know go this way there's definitely got to be a lot of thought put into that um we we want everything that we do to be really good and just like hold ourselves to a crazy high standard mm-hmm. um But it's just like taking it, you know, piece by piece. Um, And right now we're just trying to like really live in this space of songs for film. And uh, before we start like making any really big decisions on like next release and how we're going to do it. And, you know, because we're also working on um, like part of this whole thing was to give every song a video and release it in some physical way and so we're we're tying up some ends and trying to do stuff for the last song right now and i think that's like the
0: biggest thing um on our schedule right now there's a, that that final video though in the lead up to that yeah. how did you now it, you're tim is taking care of you guys as far as pr right now right yes tim yeah mandrel okay. yes how did that all come to pass? Tim's my buddy. I, I was just uh, I mean, I was interested in how that all came to pass. No, so this is where, like,
1: I am a little lost. Um like Christian handles a lot of like the conversation that we have with people. And I think he was actually like, I don't know how he found out or how he was like given the idea that like, this is the dude. And I really don't even know how that came out. I just remember him telling me that like, yo, I've had, you know, I've talked with this dude and he seems like, you know, super fucking cool. And um, I saw like emails come through our band page and stuff. And he just seemed like the coolest dude ever and like very genuine. And it was like somebody that we definitely felt like had our best intentions,
0: you know? Um, he, he does. Tim's one of my best friends, so yeah, I can tell you, and with a great amount of certainty, that he absolutely is in it for the right reasons. Dude, hell yeah,
1: I, I definitely get that vibe. He's he, he's like super sweet and just super genuine and a
0: great dude. Yep, absolutely. And it just so happens that a a good swath of the bands that are doing stuff that you fit in with, <clears throat> he represents yeah he's the man <laughs> you know what i mean like lesser care is part of his roster uh you know don't get lemon uh, mm-hmm. god catholic school uh valley social club like just the, the list goes on man yes so you're, you're you're in a great lane right now um what's important i think too is the fact that you know you have a lot of eyes on you for a a, a band that's not even touring
1: Yeah, Um, I I mean, yeah. And to an extent, I feel that, you know, I don't want to come off and be like, Oh, yeah, you know, people are, it's not that but like, um, just, you know, like in the past, we've played our asses off and, you know, tried to do what we wanted to do. And like, you could just tell that, like, nobody cared. And, you know, understandably. So but like, with this one, it just, you know, like people have reached out and said things and it just seems like a lot of people get the vision and I think that you know that just comes from me and Christian putting so much into this and wanting it to be this well-packaged things but it yeah like uh, it's we definitely know that you know like our name has been thrown around a little bit and it's super cool like I I didn't expect it. it you know that's these are things that I could only dream of and it's just cool to you know hear some people be like hey I've listened to your shit it's cool and I'm like damn you know like that that's the coolest thing that, you know, that's why I fucking do this. I mean, not for any sake of like ego um, or yeah. anything. I mean, I'm sure a little bit, of course, I'm a musician. I want to be heard to an extent, but like, it yeah. is literally just for the love of the game and just that like people can understand the, the, the stuff that we try to like throw out there. Like they see it as we see it. And that's, that's the whole reason, you know, that's the beauty in it. So it's, it's very cool. And it definitely, we've made a couple of eyes for sure. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So at at what point, though, like, you know, you and your brother are three years apart, uh, Blink-182 wasn't the first band that really bit you guys, though, was it? There there had to Um, be, like, something when you were a kid that that really was that first aha moment where, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I think that was Blink. Um, No kidding.
1: It really was, because, like, I, I don't know. I think we were definitely late to the game, Um, on them but christian was super young i was super young i think the first concert that we went to was a blink show and i was like four or five or something um
0: cool as hell actually
1: dude it it's great and it is like core memory in my head um but that was like it i remember being super little and christian like putting my dad on the blink he's like dude check this out and my dad was like yo this is cool and yeah. that was like it i mean literally from that moment um you know christian immediately like associated himself with tom and i am- immediately so- associated myself with Tra- travis and um that's like it i mean like once we found out about that band he i think we had like a a little base uh, in our room. And I literally just started pulling out pots and pans and boxes. And it was just like, all right, we're doing it. This is our band. Um, yeah. And then obviously just as time went on, um, like, I, like 2010, 2011, when I was like 11 and 12, we were like, this is actually what we're going to do. Like, this is it. And from then on, we've been playing in, you know, bars and, coffee houses and anything that we could get our hands into Like since then um, with some time in between. But it was literally just about finding other people that wanted to do it as much as we wanted to. And that's the hardest part. And that's a lot of the reason why we are adored is because with that last project um, in the same breath, as is, is like it was just hard to be in a scene that felt like it didn't want us because we cared, quote unquote, like too much and all that yeah. stuff. Um, Nope. Like literally anybody that was in our band did not care as much as we did to be on the road. And like some of those reasons, like rightfully so, like people have lives and shit, but like this is it for me and Christian. You know, this is our life to the core. Always, um, always has been, always will be. And it's hard. And I'm sure to an extent, like we're hard to work with. I don't feel like we're assholes by any means, but it's just like, I think we do have, you know, high expectations and we want things to meet a certain level of criteria. Yeah. And that's why adored is adored. It's only left up to us, you know, and we, we kind of say where and how and when and what, Um, we can answer all those questions ourselves and we love it just as much as the other one. Like, we're so on the same page, and that's why it is how it is. And I think that that's why it, it's working so well right now.
0: That's outstanding. That, your story is so similar to mine. Uh, I was probably like, I want to say seven, six or seven, my first concert. <laughs> and it was The Clash opening up for The Who. Dude. That's a fucking show. That That is a show. And <laughs> and I can tell you that was sincerely my aha moment. Like, yeah, this is what I want with the rest of my life. You know? Yeah. Seeing Joe, Joe Strummer just completely and utterly loses goddamn mind on stage. And I can only the imagine. Who, the who were incredible too. Don't get me wrong. Of course. Of course. Bo, Bo Diddley played that show as well, to be honest. As, <laughs> okay. And, and he was great to see, but just seeing The Clash at that time at the height of their game, yes. you know, when they were really just, they couldn't miss. They were the only band that mattered, according to uh, Lester Bangs, who wrote for Cream Magazine and then Rolling Stone. And I I agree, at that time period, they were the band that mattered. Um, th- that really just shook me in a way that, I, I was already a fan of the Ramones when I was that age, but they didn't, they didn't make the same kind of sense. And that's probably the same way you felt when you'd seen Blink 182 at that point, because in all reality, they were the biggest band making rock music yeah. at that time. In yeah, all for reality, sure. You know? Yep. It and, was, yeah, huge formative moment. <laughs> and they were still pretty much at the height of their powers right then and there, uh, because. You know, as much as I love Matt Skiba and Alkaline Trio and have been an Alkaline Trio fan for, for God, I can't even tell you how long, since the 90s. Um, Hell yeah. I, I like him, and I he's good in Blink, but I prefer Tom. <laughs> oh, it,
1: it, I mean, since we're on that, uh wholeheartedly, Tom, I do love Matt and Alkaline, but uh my love for Blink kind of ends at that last EP they did, The Dogs Eating Dogs, but, like, uh, the Neighborhoods era, like, self-titled and Neighborhoods era uh, were such a cool place for them as a whole to, like, leave off on. And since... matt has been in the band i just feel like the writing and musicianship has deteriorated a little bit like i'm not here to shit on anybody but that's just me personally being like a diehard blink fan but like i mean everything up until neighborhoods is just like straight up banger
0: yeah and the thing is i feel like everything matt does with alkaline trio is probably 50 times better than anything he does with blink because yes totally agree it's he he does the like the the horror punk thing, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the jawbreaker kind of riffing so very very well. Yeah, it doesn't fit with the Southern California, uh, almost happy go lucky goofy. Yes, needs, like fun, like the most unbelievable drummer like in the game right now yes and yes it, it was a great package they had going on there for sure and uh, i don't know i don't know i it just maybe it's because i've been listening to blink 182 since the 90s
1: yeah or, for early
0: sure. 2000s you know what i mean like I, I i have an idea in my head of how they're supposed to sound and it's probably just a bigotry on on <laughs> my end you know because i yeah. do own, I do own the records with Matt Skiba because I love the guy, but
1: Mm -hmm. it's a different blink for sure. You know, it doesn't have that same feel to it. I think he hit it right on the nose. I feel like it is like a little disjointed in that sense. Like seeing a blink show with alkaline on the bill. Hell yeah. But seeing Matt actually in blink is a little weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Agreed. I mean, uh, I could see being younger and and coming to them now and totally getting into it totally get that yeah that being okay because you don't have a frame of reference exactly and and, and you weren't there for that but to me it's the same thing when you know the cure kind of stopped being broody and started doing more uh happy pop songs (laughs) we we all kind of got bummed out about it i'm trying galore is the album i'm thinking of Okay, it was right after Wish, you know, they they'd still been like very dark sounding, Mm -hmm. even at their poppiest. There's still a lot of morbidity going on. Then you come into this era where it's just like they're like the B-52s almost like all the happy, sappy, (sighs) like, oh, God, get it out of here. Like, I I want Robert Smith to make me want to kill myself. Mm -hmm christian might have some beef with you huge cure fan he
1: loves that shit not actually um but he is uh he totally he like loves that whole band through and through like um i think uh, he doesn't hate anything from them i can't remember you know what i'm i'm just not that's that's sacred to him i'm not even gonna put the 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 wrong words out there but he right. does he loves that shit um he loves all of it um
0: but i only yeah, I only dislike one record okay don't forget i named my daughter after a cure song they are yeah yeah it's much respect i can't say anything <laughs> big thing for me massive uh it's just one record for one sure record i don't like and it's galore because okay just too fucking happy and <laughs> just dancy, and uh, oh god i just i can't bring myself to listen to it
1: i i i respect it i respect it you know i can't say anything
0: it's, it's okay to get out of your lane a little bit, but. Eh. Yeah. I, I feel know. you. <laughs> you know, you, you grow up with something and it goes in a different direction. Sometimes you're going to get Dude, bummed out about it.
1: Obviously. Obviously as previously stated, I feel that.
0: <laughs> yep. So. Let's say sake of an argument. Um, somebody like a blink for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm something like that comes around, you know, uh, I don't know what else you're in, you were into at that time or place, but there's mm-hmm. a, a lot of, uh, examples of, of, of this kind of thing, you know, a, a new member comes in, uh, is it, it's kind of like the same, I would say it would be the same thing if you guys were to get another member who had a voice in the band, mm-hmm. it, it, it ruins the alchemy, right? I do. I do think so.
1: Um, I, yes, um, I do feel like that. It would have to be, I mean, just speaking on behalf of like Adored and stuff, I I just feel like you would have to be such a special person to let us give you a piece in something so sacred. And it's like, we, obviously don't have any legacy or some like long form history and like a crazy catalog, but even then, like just with one EP, you know, five songs out in the world, I think just for me and Christian, like, yeah, it like you can play and be a member and like, you know, back the band up or if we need you to do something like that's totally cool. But as far as like having a voice, like a large voice, I, it's just tough to come by just because like I, I like we've done that before in other things like i said and it's just so much more comforting when you know like how it's going to be handled and when you're kind of the only thing that you truly have to like rely on is like the the real founders and like creators of something that
0: is so sacred so that's that's why it's tough to uh have a democratic situation with a band you know uh, yeah to make everyone else happy you give them a voice for sure and but that that ruins the sound that ruins the 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 alchemy of it the 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 greater uh spiritual whole kind Mm -hmm. of get it 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 malforms it
1: yeah for sure and like i that's something that like i had always kind of felt guilty about is like when me and christian you know in any project would really start to like feel that energy of me and him like really just becoming this like force and stuff um just of like you know i don't want to like tell people if they enter in like they can't have a voice or they can't have a say um but like right before we really started focusing on adored uh stuff i moved back to texas for a little bit and played drums uh in a backing band for like a country dude Mm-hmm. um and it was like you know a cool experience but like that's how it and i i wasn't trying to have like a voice in that you know like i was just trying to like help him out gain experience and just put myself in a comfortable position and like learn from that and see how i did but like that was his thing he was like it's just me and you just play and i was never offended by that and i right. think that you know if you go into that and those lines are clear like I don't know, just having that experience, it kind of like took that away from me. Like, I, I just totally get it. That's something that's super sacred to him and he wants to handle it how he handles it. Um, I'm just doing it for, you know, the love of the game and to gain some new experience playing a genre that I've never played in my life, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm more comfortable with yeah, that. that me, but Yeah, that makes I, sense, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, 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 now I, you know, and I would never like treat anybody like shit. I'm not saying that at all, but like, I definitely stand firm. on just like, you know, this is how it functions. This is just how a door does it. It's
0: your baby. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I guess to kind of round things out, there's a uh, very little chance of anybody getting their hands on this, uh, because uh, it was a cassette, right? Yes. Yep. So where where can they get it now since you guys burned through them all that quickly?
1: So it's at uh, the Chaotic No Good store. Um, if you just go to Chaotic No Good on Instagram, and I'm not 110% positive, it might just be chaoticnogood.com, but check the Instagram out. Um, it'll be on their shop, um, and that is the last handful of copies
0: that there is. And that's, and that's the end of it
1: could be, maybe not, you know, um, (laughs) we'll, we'll definitely see, but you know, there might be, there might be some more, some more physical pieces out there at some point.
0: And what would you like to leave everyone with about adored and about what you guys are, uh, trying to do and what you're going to do next? Um, man, I, uh,
1: I, I just, this, Songs for Film is just a statement that we have put out into the world. It is this thing that we have tried to make a well-rounded project. Um, Musically, of course, the music is the most important thing, but it has to have, you know, its visual counterpart. And um, we are just about really challenging ourselves um, and never trying to be stagnant and stay in the same place. So moving forward, um, it's just going to be a better version of ourselves. You know, every time I don't think we'll put something out into the world unless that we feel that that is the case. Um, and definitely just expect more from us. Um, this is what we want to do and this is what we're going to do. You know, this is it for us. We love it. And, uh, there's, there's a lot more to come. This is all of what our focus is in.
0: Amazing. So listen, brother, when you guys have the next thing coming out, would you come back on here? We'll talk more about it.
1: 110%,
0: 110%. And you know, you may have to talk to
1: Christian. He's much more well-spoken than I, and he's really like heavy with the brains. I mean, he'll tell you everything about everything but of course it's been a pleasure to speak to you and it would be a pleasure to speak to you again
0: awesome likewise brother i'm i'm really impressed with you guys and i can't wait to hear the next thing cool thank you so much seriously it is it has been a great time likewise thank you my friend thank you so much talk to you soon yeah bye Bye bye-bye folks that was lennon mccartney nichols from adored if you head on over to chaotic no good right now little record label that they're on currently some of their cassette are still left for sale so go pick up a copy of songs for film go and uh, check out their band camp buy some of their shirts they have posters they have all sorts of merch. I'm very, very, very much in love with this little group. These guys are going places, believe me when I tell you. When the rest of the world hears this cassette, I am willing to bet that they are going to join the ranks of your lesser cares, your soft kills. They're, they're right in there. Absolutely, astonishingly dark, melodic beauty. And this song that you're listening to right now is a perfect example of that, Midnight Sanctuary. I'm not gonna get into uh, my normal end of podcast spiel, but I will say this. Um, Things are getting more expensive out there. People are suffering. Taxes are going up. Wages are not. Things are not great, people. Now is a perfect time To be more kind more considerate and more conscious of those less fortunate than us if you think it hurts when you go to the gas pump or to the grocery store think about the person who's on the corner holding a sign sure maybe that person has an alcohol or drug problem but people with alcohol and drug problems get hungry too have pets too have children too throw the guy a couple bucks maybe buy him a sandwich That being said, he's been Lennon, I've been Peter, you've been beautiful, and this has been the Book of Very, Very Bad Things podcast, Book 2, Chapter 2. Take care of each other, everybody, and I will talk to you soon. Night now. This episode has been brought to you word for word interpretation word for word is a full service language interpretation and translation agency serving local and state organizations worldwide our agency offers the highest quality of professional interpreters and translators that are experienced in over 95 languages and dialects including certified american sign language interpreters our language experts can be found interpreting in various settings such as medical offices legal offices, courtrooms, government agencies, police stations, and more. Word for Word is an equal opportunity, inclusive, minority-owned, limited liability corporation. You can find us on the web at www.wordforwordinterpretation.com That is Word, the number for, wordinterpretation.com, or by calling 570-871-1274. Hey, everybody, please uh, like, you know, rate, review, subscribe, do all of that fun stuff. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the book of very, very bad things on Instagram and on Facebook. Not just a clever name. And uh, I I appreciate you. I hope to see you again.